Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another exciting discussion, uh, Minecraft discussion, all things well-being. This is Kimberly Quinn, and it is my honor and pleasure to be with you here, well, it's this morning at this moment, to talk about um, more solitude, adding more solitude to your life, because it's just so important, and at least here in the States, and I love my country very much, we, we, there's like a thing with that, like a, like a stigma with you want to be alone, something's wrong with you, you know, kind of thing. And so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to flip that script, uh, on this day, you know, just to begin, I got, you know, I do shout outs when I am inspired by other people, of course, because I'm not a credit thief by any means. I just, uh, I'm inspired by just all angles, honestly. I can, I, in fact, in my Minecraft class, I think I've mentioned before in previous episodes, I'll, I'll do a one-liner from Mother Teresa, Maya Angelou, Will Smith, Einstein, and then sometimes it's, it's, I wouldn't say total randos, but not randos are not people that are as well known as the, as, as those people I just mentioned. Sometimes it's interesting articles. Sometimes it's people out in the world that I meet in the grocery store that I will never see again. And you can just, you know, you hear them, you just strike up a conversation while waiting in line. And it's like this, you have this like huge aha moment. So to me, inspiration is inspiration, right? It means in spirit. So there we go. All right. So that's Melanie Manorino. And she writes for the magazine Real Simple. And they did um, a special edition a, a little while back on the power of less. And so... Uh, Melanie wrote an article uh, called Find More Time Alone Without Being Lonely. And, and that's huge because alone and lonely are not the same thing. And in this country, actually, not just this country, it's con countries around the world, but um, have a big problem with loneliness, in, in case you're not aware. And loneliness has recently been, very recently, bumped up in the U.S. as being right up there with obesity and smoking as, as far as threats, you know, as far as, uh, you know, um, not living a long life, basically checking out, it's right up there with obesity and smoking. So that is not what we're striving for here. We're striving for more alone time, more healthy time with oneself in solitude. And it doesn't mean to become a Tibetan monk in a cave eating yogurt. Not that that wouldn't be a good thing. All right. We certainly, I'm certainly a big fan of monks. Um, but we're talking about just authentic time with one's self in quiet. And so, you know, right out of the gate, I love saying that. I can kind of picture it, you know, right out of the gate, like a bull. We know for a fact that there are so many benefits to solitude. I mean, first of all, a calmer mind and a calm mind is a powerful mind. Lots of people say that. One person is coming into my mind who said that. Well, Deepak Chopra says that. John Kabat-Zinn says that mindfulness, you know, gurus. And there are lots of people to say that. Also inner peace, also uh, creativity. And I'm thinking of, um, I was just reading something by Nikolai Tesla. As, uh, actually, okay, here we go. Tesla says, the mind is sharper and keener in seclusion and uninterrupted solitude. No big laboratory is needed in which to think. Originality thrives in seclusion, free of outside influences, beating upon us to cripple the creative mind. Be alone. That is a secret of invention. Be alone. That is when ideas are born. That is why many of the earthly miracles have had their genesis in humble surroundings. I love that. 
And uh, actually, Einstein, I don't have anything to read from him directly, but, you know, Einstein, I've read a lot about Einstein. He's one of my favorite deceased people, I guess you can say. I mean, obviously, off the chart, brilliant. We all know that. And he talked a lot, though. I mean, despite all the the things he did with the theory of relativity and all this stuff, he, ta- he talks a lot about his imagination, a lot about his imagination and how sometimes he would just find, in fact, a lot of his ideas came to him during naps on the couch. Um, but he talks about how the need for solitude and just kind of honing in on all his wonderfully imaginative thoughts. And this is basically, I mean, this is when it happens. It happens in solitude, whether you're introverted, extroverted, or anywhere in between. It's it's kind of independent of that. I mean, it can feed it, I suppose. But regardless of where you land on the battery recharge spectrum, solitude really truly is necessary to a large degree for creativity and invention to happen. So Melanie here, Manorino, Manorino, yeah. Uh, she talks about like in the beginning, just if, if people reading her article are already good with being alone, she basically says, good for you, then let's let it, um, you know, validate it because it is good to be alone. It's healthy to be alone. And then she says something, but you know, if on the other hand, you're among those who would rather endure physical pain than spend time alone with your thoughts. Then she talks about this true story. It was a 2014 study that I think was done by science, italics, um, many of the participants preferred to give them electric shocks, give themselves electric shocks, rather than spend six to 15 minutes by themselves with nothing to do. Can you imagine that? Rather give ourselves electric shocks and be alone with our thoughts. That's just so nuts. Um, And so she says, we'd like to change your mind about solitude. She says, people who value their alone time are often accused of being antisocial, aloof, or just plain weird. So true, right? Um, But recent research has uncovered positive benefits of solo time. Studies show people feel rejuvenated when they're alone. And uh, Julie Bowker said that. um, Associate professor, blah, 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 PhD, University of Buffalo. Um, And she says that uh, her, her, her 2017 study revealed that unsociability defined as deliberately withdrawing from social situations and choosing to be alone was linked to an increase in creativity. And I think we already knew that, right? So it's just, you know, further validating and with recent validation that if you want to, if you want to be that, that, um, you know, big sky, well, I was just there in Montana, woo-hoo, big sky person with all kinds of great ideas, dip into the woods, you know, get out of Dodge because that's when the creativity, the creative juices flow right there. And then uh, she, she interviews another person in this article, Jack Fong, PhD professor of sociology, California, blah, 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 Polytechnical University. Um, t- he says that today people feel overloaded being connected to the grid. Oh, isn't that the truth? And they've lost their ability to engage with the self. Oh, my God, that is so well said. I think to a large degree, many, 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 many of us have lo- really in some ways lost ourselves in the Internet situation. We just we become human doings. We just you know zip around like dribbles on crack, tapping into this. This pops up. That pops up certainly easy for me to get pulled into that with my fast mind for sure. And the thing is, we've just, we, I, I really agree with him, with Jack Fong, that we have really uh, disengaged with the self. 
He says, when you're alone, you regain your center of gravity. You're forced to confront yourself and get to know who you really are. The payoff, solitude builds self-esteem, clarity, and empathy. You know, and right now I just had a squirrel moment because I, I can only wonder what Henry David Thoreau would have to say if he were around now in 2022 with all the, all the craziness with just the internet and the, and the gaming addiction and the just being just so immersed, um, you know, this, the internet addiction, gaming addiction, just the disengagement from nature and from the real and the genuine. I just can only imagine what he would have to say. And so uh, Melanie goes right back to what we were talking about in the beginning about, you know, alone, good, lonely, bad, right? And so we'll say unhealthy, very, very unhealthy. So she talks about framing your mindset. I'm a big fan of mindsets, everything, really everything. And I'm also a big fan of the skill set of reframing, right? So put those together. That has me happier than Halloween right there, which is my favorite holiday in the world. Okay, so she says... While being alone has benefits, feeling lonely does not. Loneliness, a real or perceived feeling of social isolation, has been proven to be a risk factor for heart disease, stroke, and depression. And studies show it can raise levels of stress hormones and inflammation. Um, I'll tell you, I'm not looking at it. This is this article right now, but I've got another one I use in my Minecraft class. I'm going to have to paraphrase. I'm not looking at it right now. But the uh, prime minister, it was a few years ago in Britain actually created a job called the minister for loneliness because England was having so many issues with loneliness, you know, the devastation of loneliness um, in their country as well. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. It's not just the U S it's loneliness is a thing and it's dangerous. Um, And we're, you know, other, other countries across the world are also affected. So then Melanie continues, loneliness typically refers to a dissatisfaction with your personal relationships in terms of quality or quantity. That goes back to uh, Bowker. You can be lonely in the presence of others, not just when you're alone. It's that fear of loneliness that keeps some of us from seeking solitude. But when you reframe the idea of solitude as something positive that you deserve, something that will help you grow, it's easier to separate the two ideas that is so well said because it is, we've got to kind of debunk the myths that like you're a loser. If you want to go hang out by yourself, that something's wrong with you. You know, and I can remember way back, you know, in elementary school being on the playground and I was that kid that loved to be in the dead center of the dodgeball games and stuff. But I remember that sometimes there were students more introverted or, you know, um, who needed to recharge in a different way. And they go sit on a big rock with a, book or they would just sit and watch everybody or whatever. And right away, the, I think we called them recess aides at the time, or I'm not really sure what the proper terminology is now, but basically the helpers on the playground supervising kids. And I can't fault, you obviously can't fault them either because they're trying to be inclusive, but that's a fine line because these kids were, were often pulled right back into the thick of it, right back into the center of the game and kind of forced to play four square or whatever when really their their bodies, their minds are telling them that, okay, I've had enough for the first half of the day. This is not how I wind down. I don't wind down by playing dodgeball. I don't wind down by playing four square or hopscotch or whatever. I wind down by picking wildflowers or just being on the swing by myself 
or by, you know, reading a book or something. And the message there is shaming, right? Again, you can't, at least I'm not judging because I'm sure that the recess aides at that time had, were very well-meaning and wanting everybody to be included. And that's tough because sometimes maybe a child did want to be included, but they were shy, which of course is different than being introverted. The shyest fear of social rejection. So if that's the case, you do want the adult assistants to help pull them in and be included. So this is hard. Um, but for those who are introverted, the message is something's wrong with you that you don't want to play Foursquare and you'd rather sit on a rock or pick wildflowers. And so, um, you know, these messages, you know, can really come from very early on in the game where what's the matter with you that you want to be alone when something is just very, very right with you that you're following your own gut and your own, you know, the, the, your own inner voice that's telling you that you've reached your level of stimulation and you're done now. And this is practicing good self-care, really, is what we're talking about. So Melanie says, so here's here's where we do the reframe. She says, aloneness is an opportunity rather than something that is painful or threatening. Um, And that was, who said that? Lauren Mackler, she's the author of Soulmate, the master... Sorry, soulmate, colon, master the art of aloneness and transform your life. Generally speaking, from childhood, we're taught, I just said this and didn't even know it was coming. Generally speaking, from childhood, we're taught to avoid being alone at all costs, but it can help you feel whole from the inside out, in balance and content with yourself. And so, yeah, I didn't, I did read this earlier, but I didn't see that coming. I just had a memory, a real memory from, um, you know, being on the playground as a little kid at the Duzine Elementary School and watching some kids who are shy are being dragged right back into the thick, into the thick of it. So the next thing is it's, um, she talks about get to know you better, you know? And she Melanie says, it all sounds so positive, and yet we spend time alone. When we spend time alone, we might end up taking a long and sometimes hard look at our feelings and behaviors, introspection, that is easier to avoid in the hustle of everyday life. That is exactly it, and I'll tell you, um, I could probably do a whole separate, maybe I will, a whole separate podcast on um, emotional runners because, like, I think of, and I'm not saying everybody on Wall Street or, you know, in the hustle, hustle world, although many of them, I've met them. I've met them, you know, a lot of them have these high flying jobs and success, 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 you know, from the outside looking in. I can think of one in particular um, who I know, and he's a very nice person, and he's kind of becoming aware that he's flying through life, not feeling, not, you know, ignoring his passion, ignoring all this stuff. And uh, it becomes very easy to do, especially when there's all kinds of external reward around it, you know, rewarding it and encouraging that behavior to continue. Meanwhile, life minutes are going down the rabbit hole. I mean, I'm just saying. Okay, so then she says, lots of people are not able to appreciate their own company, explains Fong. People who don't tend towards solitude may be escaping not holding themselves accountable for their actions towards others. And if that sounds heavy, Mackler has a lighter take. A critical component for having a healthy relationship with yourself is self-compassion. Amen, sister, right there. Um, People are hard on themselves, feel bad about themselves. They think they're not good enough. When you let go of self-judgments, you'll find you enjoy your company way more. Oh my gosh, no kidding. So that was super well said. And that, of course, leads us right into the practice of mindfulness and gratitude. You know, those go together like peas and carrots. Because 
one of the big things about mindfulness, remember, mindfulness is not meditation. Sometimes you see it as mindfulness meditation. I guess it's rhetorical. It depends how you define it. But mindfulness is just about being present in the moment. You can be cooking. You can be in the shower. You can be having five-star sex. You can be sitting here with your golden retriever like I am with a fire going and a blanket over you because it's negative, you know, 4,000 degrees. And it's just being in in the moment. And, and so mindfulness is also about non-judgment. Unlike forms of meditation that create a vacuum, you know, try to get rid of thoughts. And for those of us in the fast mind club, you know, you have got a better chance of seeing the good Lord himself than us ridding us of all our thoughts. So I love mindfulness because it goes with us wherever we're going, skiing mindfully, having a conversation mindfully, walking out in the woods mindfully, whatever mindfully, and we don't judge. So this gets much easier for us to be in solitude, being with only ourselves, when we take off the judgment gloves, you know, they're just, okay, so we're, we're being present and all of a sudden an anxious thought or thought about the future comes by or then we say, okay, apparently I'm feeling a little anxious today or okay, apparently I'm a little preoccupied with the meeting next week or whatever. Then we say, okay, so what, who cares? Welcome to the human race. And then the minute we kind of acknowledge those feelings, they are, you know, they, they dissipate. They dissipate rather quickly, actually. The more we wrap around them and don't give them any juice. We don't give, as we say out there, we don't give it any energy. And so this non-judgment piece is huge with giving ourselves permission to be alone. And also permission, if it feels weird and awkward at first, then we just say, okay, good for you. You're embracing solitude. This is a good thing. And it feels a little weird and awkward. Okay, it's because it's new. Who cares? It'll get easier. And that's just it. So here is the bottom line. Solitude is a really, really good thing. Alone time, not lonely time. Alone time is really, really healthy. So this is my suggestion is to embrace more solitude for yourself. Get to know who you are, you know, who you are, your most inner thoughts and be with those inner thoughts and carve out more solo time for yourself. Because sometimes in this nutty world that we're in, we have to create, we have to actually carve out that time. Like we would a dentist appointment. If you've ever had an abscessed tooth, you have to stop everything you're doing. I have, it's not fun. And you know, people pitch in and they do whatever they need to do. And it all, it all happens. It all gets done. So you can go to the dentist. So sometimes we have to actually carve out solo time in that way, it, just like a dentist appointment, and do it. And then, just like anything else, the more we practice, the more we prioritize ourselves, the easier it gets. So there you go. More solitude is good for you. Okay, this is Kimberly Quinn signing off from the beautiful, very frigid northern Vermont. Have a mindful, hopefully, uh, day full of solitude.